This new year, LifeKit wants to help you succeed because everyone needs a little help being human. It can seem so overwhelming. You're not alone. Who can I commit to being? If you want to do something, then just do it. Just take that first step. Great advice every week. Listen to LifeKit from NPR. Textron's next aviation challenge, electric aircraft. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, a bill that would prohibit discrimination in the workplace against natural hairstyles. And I remember one of my coworkers who was working at the front desk says to me, oh, you're not wearing your professional hair today. And I was like stunned. But first, Cessna and Beechcraft have been at the forefront of general aviation for nearly 100 years. The two companies are now part of Textron, and it makes sense that as aviation enters a new phase, they would be leaders in that as well. Textron e-aviation. We make visions fly. Electric aircraft are the next frontier for general aviation. Textron created a new e-aviation division in 2020. Two years later, it bought the Slovenian company Pipistrel, which makes electric airplanes. Textron's currently building its own electric aircraft in Wichita, the Nexus. Kriya Short is the president and CEO of Textron E-Aviation. And so if you think about companies like Cessna, like Beechcraft, those are the companies who have really been the leaders in the general aviation space. And it seems to make all the sense in the world that Textron would be at the forefront of that as well. Ben Goldstein covers E-Aviation for the trade publication Aviation Week. He says making flying more environmentally friendly is one of the key factors driving the new industry. Everyone recognizes and understands that aviation needs to be more sustainable. It needs to bring down its carbon footprint. To accomplish that, e-aviation will have to figure out the same challenge the auto industry struggled with when it introduced electric cars, namely batteries. Here's Kriya Short again. Battery technology needs to continue to mature because, again, uh, as you mentioned, Tom, there is a weight component to that. So not only do you have to be able to carry what you need to carry or want to carry uh, and go the duration that you want to because you can't just pull over to the side of the road and charge. Battery capacity currently limits how far electric aircraft can fly and how much they can carry. Short says they still have a place in the market. That could be as an air ambulance, delivering packages, or acting as an air taxi. Goldstein, with Aviation Week, thinks that last option holds the most promise. The formal name is Urban Air Mobility, and it would use electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft known as eVTOLs. Maybe it takes one hour in traffic to get from downtown Los Angeles to LAX airport, but with one of these eVTOLs, right, if you have a little vertiport set up downtown and another one set up next to the airport, you could maybe take that one hour commute and do it in 15 minutes. Textron is among hundreds of companies globally moving into e-aviation. Goldstein says that includes everyone from startups to aviation giants like Boeing and Airbus. So I really think that the technology has progressed to a point combined with the political motivation to reduce the carbon footprint of aviation, which has created a kind of perfect storm where there's almost a little bit of a mania where everyone is 
competing to try and establish a foothold in this uh, new space. You can read more on this story at KMUW.org. Legislation that prohibits discrimination based on hairstyles in the workplace was discussed during a hearing this week at the Kansas State House. The bill is called the Crown Act. Carla Eccles tells us more for this month's edition of In the Mix. Lael Darty, founder of the Wichita Natural Hair Expo, is among supporters who've provided testimony on behalf of the Crown Act bill. Darty says the measure really resonates with her. It's important because I can recall a time when I was at work and I'm rocking my fro and I have like a little part over to the side and I think I look cute. I think I'm rocking it. And I remember one of my coworkers who was working at the front desk says to me, oh, you're not wearing your professional hair today. And I was like stunned. Stunned, taken aback. Darty told her colleague she didn't realize she wasn't looking professional. Because I consider myself to be very professional when I'm in the work environment, uh, especially when it comes to my hair and just the way I work in general. Darty says it was unsettling. I was embarrassed. And, um, you know, it was a microaggression. I recognize that. And it also made me feel that I couldn't be myself in that environment. And uh, for me, I think that was also the moment where I realized that there are probably others like me that are facing this discrimination or having these microaggressions in the workplace based off of just their hair. According to a 2023 study, black women's hair is two and a half times as likely to be perceived as unprofessional, and black women are one and a half times more likely to be sent home from the workplace because of their hair. CROWN stands for Creating a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. NACP's Kenya Cox got the idea to push for an anti-hair discrimination law in Kansas from a black women's legislative conference in D.C., Ajua Asamoa, co-creator of the Crown Coalition, was a panelist. She was talking about the negative impact that the decision for African-American women to wear their hair in natural and protective styles had on them uh, as it related to their employment and then also on their mental health. So Cox talked to lawmakers, and Kansas Senator Aletha Fausto readily agreed to introduce legislation and encourage other lawmakers to support the bill. This piece of legislation, Senate Bill 36, will fit nicely in existing law that we already have on the books regarding discrimination. And Cox says questions regarding dress codes and safety have been addressed. Occupations like welders, also many in the food industry, they still have to adhere to safety standards. So there is no prohibition in this legislation against those standards. Nearly 25 states have passed the Crown Act, and ordinances are on the books in Wichita, Lawrence, and Atchison. Lael Darty is hopeful that the measure will pass at the state level. You should be able to wear your natural hair without there being any repercussions, without you feeling like you're being judged, and um, without you feeling like you're being discriminated against. Mini skirts, maxi skirts, and Afro hairdo. People doing their own thing and don't care about me or you. Carla Eccles brings you thoughtful stories about race and culture every month on In the Mix. You can read more on this story at KMUW.org. And one last thing. I've been living a charmed life this football season. My alma mater, the University of Michigan, won the national championship this week. 
I watched anxiously Monday night, alternating between swearing and pacing, but mostly swearing. I wore the same clothes I did a week earlier during Michigan's semifinal victory. I understand that's silly, but I also know what worked. Second, the Detroit Lions are having their best season in decades. Detroit won the NFL title in 1957, a year before I was born. Since then, the Lions have won one single playoff game. One. Detroit will host a postseason game this weekend for the first time since 1993. I'm not sure what to wear. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Jonathan Huber, Beth Golay, and Luann Stevens. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW. NPR for Wichita.